0: Thank you so good morning again uh, was it it was 1998 I think wasn't it late 1998 Natalia and I had been married for that must have been 97. Oh. Time, who knows? <laughs> A long time ago. Um, last century. Yeah, yeah, last century. Natalia and I had been down in Christchurch um, as she was finishing her uh, postgraduate diploma in journalism, and I was mooching um, and learning to drive. Thanks, Graham. Uh, we came back to Wellington. And we were trying to find a church. And we didn't really, we went to some places and they were like, oh, this is just not quite us, right? It didn't feel right or it wasn't, you know, I don't know. There were were all sorts of reasons. And some friends of ours um, kept on at us about coming, going, oh, you should come to Capital Vineyard. And we were like, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, And then one day we finally listened to them. So part of the problem for us is we were living up in Northland and we were trying to find somewhere there because despite having learned to drive, we didn't have a car. And so, um, Brooklyn? hmm? Brooklyn? No, no, we're in Kahulia Street up in oh, okay. Um <laughs> I do remember, I don't know, I don't remember when it was, but I do remember where it was. <clears throat> and, uh, and so these people offered to bring us down uh, and, you know, pick us up and bring us to church. And I remember walking up the stairs, you know, you start at the bottom, you're like, Okay. What's this? Thing? Going up this, this stairwell into where, whoever. But I remember coming around the bottom step, the the, the sort of, you know the the last set of stairs that come up to the door. At the landing there, before that last set of stairs, I had the strongest sense that Jesus was standing at the door, going, "Welcome home." And I walked in, and it's just felt like home ever since. And I think that. For a long time, I thought that was particular to this place, to this church, that, you know, I was a capital vineyard person, and I was, and I am, but then, uh, again, don't ask me when because apparently I can't remember dates, sometime after, Marty asked us to do the internship programme that had just been set up, and so we were, we went up to Auckland for one of the gatherings for that, and met a whole bunch of people who were at vineyard churches in Auckland and went to some of the churches there. And I just remember this thing of when I was meeting people, of just going, just feeling like they were family. I, I've never met them before. And, and then we'd talk, and there was this kind of level of connection that just didn't, um, I hadn't really experienced before. And so I thought, oh, okay, oh, maybe I'm a vineyard person. And I think the thing that really brought this home to me, so I think in about 2006, I think I went to a vineyard conference in uh, Bali and met a whole bunch of people from all over the, the vineyard church all over Southeast Asia and, and, uh, and America. And, that, and again, just had that we were worshiping and we were worshiping in all sorts of different languages, but just had this sense of being at home and with family. And it's not a feeling I get when I go to other churches. There's nothing wrong with other churches, they were great, but it's not something that I experience. And then, in about 2010, I think it was, so just don't quote me on the dates, I went to Edinburgh for a piece of for work that I was doing. And I was there for two weeks, and over one Sunday, I thought, oh well, I wonder if there's a vineyard church around here somewhere. And I found out there was a little church plant that was, that was meeting in a room in a hotel, not far from where I was staying. So I wandered along, walked in the door, before i talked to anyone, just felt at home. And so I think my spiritual DNA is very much vineyard DNA, but what is it about a vineyard church that makes it different or gives it a a particular flavor or feel? I've been to a, b- a bunch of churches for different, with different denominations and love them, but I just have this sense that it's not me, um, or it's not my people, it's not that they're bad or wrong or anything else, it's just that my family is elsewhere. Kia ora, whanau. <laughs> um, so, we're going to do a series over the next few weeks on the Kingdom of God. So, you know, what I'm going to do is a really light introduction to a bunch of different things that we're going to talk about. And at the end of the day, what makes a vineyard church a vineyard church? So that at the heart of what we do is a, a theology, a way of understanding, re, understanding the work of God and the work of the kingdom. So, <clears throat> a very little bit of canned history, um, the last vineyard conference in New Zealand was 2019, and at that conference they were handing over the national directorship from uh, Lloyd Rankin, who'd d- been doing it since Vineyard New Zealand was uh, established, sometime in the late 90s. Um, was it 97, 96, 95? There you go. Um, and. To, uh Great talks, and, and aside from that, there's a book you can read, which I think there might be a copy on the shelf up there. If not, I've got it called "The Quest for the Radical Middle," which is a, a history of the early days of the vineyard. And uh, there's these really, when I look back at it, I wasn't there at the time, but for me, the, 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 there was this sense of revolution in the birth of the vineyard, the sense of dissatisfaction, wholly discontent with what was going on, that and this hunger that these people had. So Bob Fulton described himself at the time, and and the people at the time, as burnt-out Pharisees. This idea that they were living in a church culture of legalism and ritual that felt empty and um, performance. And what they had a hunger for and what they read in the Bible was this God who longed for intimacy. And this God who longed to be with his people. And so there was this real hunger for that, that intimacy and that direct uh, connection with God. And I, I, I'm not going to try and tell the stories because they don't my stories to tell, but when you read things like the quest for the radical middle or you look at some of the things that people who were there at the time have talked about, there was just this real hunger for God and hunger for intimacy with God hunger for God's presence uh, at the start when we were praying before the service Marty was praying and prayed that um, that you know we would feel God's presence here today with us and really without his presence what are we doing here oh, he didn't quite put it like that, he prayed it more eloquently but but it's true we are here for him we are here to this time is for him and for us to connect with him and for him to, more, and for him to connect with us. And so they were seeking intima- intimacy with God and they were doing that through worshipping God as someone who was near and not far. Some of the early vineyard worship songs were, were proclaimed heresy by other parts of the church because they spoke to God personally and intimately. Reading and teaching the Bible and in particular, looking at what Jesus was doing and going, and then a hunger for, for, for doing what he did. There's this, so there, there are videos you can see of YouTube of John Wimber speaking. So there were a number of people who were, who led and founded this movement, but he was the, the key leader, I guess. Uh, and particularly he had, he, he built the theological or, or built or understood the theological grounds upon which we, this was being built. And he talked about how they prayed for healing. He really was like, Jesus, you healed people in the Bible. And they would pray for healing again and again and again and see nothing happen. And he, he talked about, in this story, he was talking about how he got called over to a, a friend's house because the friend, you know, one of the members of the congregation, his wife was quite sick and, and she was in bed with a fever. And... Uh, at this point, after six or seven months of praying for healing and not seeing anything happen, he went along and he he had that I've, I've certainly prayed this kind of faithless prayer where you go sort of be healed," and then you turn around to the person to explain why why something's not happening and so he, he talks when he talks about it, you can find this on on youtube he talks about praying be healed to the wife and laying hands on her, and then turning to the husband to Explained why she hadn't been healed and she'd got up and came around and said, Would you like a cup of tea? And walked and walked out to make a cup of tea. And it was just like, it happened. And so there's this, this hunger for um, doing the work of, of the king and doing the work of the kingdom. In the tension that that sometimes we see that we see things happen and other times we don't. So I can highly recommend The Quest for the Radical Middle if you want to have a read of it. Um, And I've got one copy I can lend people. Um, But it was born, the vineyard was born out of this hunger for God's presence. And I think that's what I felt when I walked in the door. It's not to say that God is not present in other places, but there's a sense in which everything we do is about how do we get to that place of, under, of being in God's presence. Now, he's with us all the time, but there's, that, there's those things that we can do to become more aware of his presence with us. So, I'm going to jump past that one for a second because I got them in the wrong order. There's some fancy words here. So, how if we work backwards, we do certain things. We have our services a certain way. We operate in certain ways. That's our behavior. It's our, um, and it's what we do from day to day, right? So uh, Natalia, praying for a computer, is a is an outworking of a way of thinking about the world and a way of thinking about the God and the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And when, we, when you look at things that we do together, like a service, we have what's called liturgy. Now, mostly mostly when you talk about liturgy, people think of, like, Anglican churches and or Catholic churches and waving of incense and sort of people wearing special clothes and all that kind of thing. But liturgy is is just a set of rituals that we perform in order to enact a way of thinking about the world and about God and about um, the kingdom of God. So we... We have a focus on worship. We have a focus on teaching. We have a focus on prayer ministry. All of those things are our liturgy as a church. And when you go to Vineyard Churches, you see a similar focus. And so that's our orthopraxy. Orthopraxy means your practice, right? And your orthopraxy, your practice, is formed from your orthodoxy, which is your values, your beliefs about the world, and your and your your orthodoxy is formed from your theology, which is how you read and understand scripture, how you read and interpret the word of God and apply it to your values, your practices and then what you do. So the the reason to talk about that, although it sounds a bit academic, is that we are we don't, we don't just do what we do randomly. We, we, we do with a purpose. We hunger for things, we hunger for the presence of God. We believe things about the world that, and, and this is true, but this is actually true. So this is a theological way of looking at this or a Christian view of it, but this is true of us in all that we do. In my work, we don't have theology, but people have theories of business, theories of government, that kind of thing that then inform the values in the organization, that inform the behavior, the, the doctrines, the things that we do, the practices, that then influence the day-to-day work of people. So this is, a, this is not unique to churches. It's a way that we, we operate from a worldview, and that worldview influences the way that we work. And for vineyard churches, that worldview is the kingdom of God and kingdom of God theology. So I want to go back. So if we start, so there's a, there's a thing that, um, again, that gets talked about sometimes in a, in a work setting. Right? So if you often, most people, generally, know pretty well what they do. Quite often, hopefully, we know how we do it. But quite often, we don't really know why we do it. And you see this in organisations where people repeat the behaviours but when you ask them about them, why do you do it like that? They go, oh, I don't know, it's just because that's how we do it. But what's happened is that those behaviors have, there's a, there's a an underlying um, why behind it that people have adopted. And, and often people can, can can be quite hard to answer that why question. Why do you do it that way? So, working from the top, what we do? Various things that we we do in order to uh, enable people to uh, operate in the spirit and the kingdom of God. So everyone gets the play, right? We don't, um, we don't, while we don't, in, in kingdom theology and in vineyard churches, yes, sometimes people have a special anointing for something, but God can work through anyone. And we encourage people to step into what God might be calling them to. And intimacy in worship, right? These songs, this 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 movement, the singing to, to to God as uh, not as other, although it's in there, right? So we talked about how great God was, but we also, we sang about how great God is, but we also sing about how close he is and how he's with us, how his breath is in our lungs. And so there's a sense of the both and, right? This this worshipping this God who is mighty and creator, but also who is right here with us, in us. Who is our both our creator and our king and our friend and the lover of our souls. So... We sing those kinds of songs, mercy and compassion, we, we, we seek to help people, to outwork God's love. Prayer ministry, which is actually going back to the Everyone Gets to Play, let's seek God, right? Let's seek, um, seek Him together and seek Him for the health and, and, and for the, the, the blessing of people. Underlying that though, are these, uh, these theological ideas, the priesthood of all believers, that were all called into ministry for God. We're all called into working out, being his agents of His kingdom. Whether you work in a church or not, whether you're um, you know, in an office, on a building site, in a school, at home, whatever, we are all called to be the hands and feet of, of the church and, and of the body of Christ and to go and work in the kingdom. We are the priesthood of all believers. And also, something I'm going to talk about a bit more in, in a second is this idea of the, the already and the not yet in the kingdom and that God works through anyone and underlying that is this the why of it why do we do that stuff because we believe that God is advancing his kingdom day by day all the time both through his sovereign work and the work of the church he is advancing the kingdom of God he is working towards a redemptive plan for history for the for the earth for the heavens he is working towards this And he has this plan and he is unfolding it every day by his sovereign will. And in his graciousness, he chooses to use people like me, People like you, I'm well aware of my failings and my my inability to measure up to any kind of standard that God might set, because I am far from perfect. And yet he goes, go for it, man. And you, all of us, right? In His graciousness, He wants to work out this plan through us. It's just incredible; it, 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 it staggers me all the time. So, so, that's if you think about it, start at the bottom. That's the why, and then the how, and then the what. So, done that one. So the already and the not yet. This is one of the things that I think really once I understood this. It helped me give uh, just helped me see the world differently. It helped me understand my work as a believer differently and it actually it, it actually came with a lot of a real sense of relief and release so there are lots of things that we can believe about how the story of the Bible unfolds now and I'm not going to claim to have the set of answers, right? There's a particular uh, theology called Kingdom of God Theology that uh, I think um, makes sense to me. That's not to say there are not other views and other ways of looking at things and looking at the story of the Bible that also make sense. But the vineyard churches are founded on this particular way of thinking about the Kingdom of God and God's action in the world. And... uh, and so, and it, you don't have to believe this to be here, right? Anyone can come. You're all welcome. But this is about how it's trying. It's, it's partly about how to to explain why we do what we do and how we do what we do. So, this is this is behind the way that we work and the way that we um, operate. So, we live in this present evil age, as Paul calls it, and there is a. Kingdom to come, the new heavens and the new earth, there is God's kingdom to come. Now, the, without I found out you can get his book for free online. So George Eldon Ladd is a theologian who was around in the, he wrote in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And he wrote the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is a, a theology um, uh, which explains or, or outlines the gospel, the kingdom of God, uh, a theological view of the kingdom of God. And it's that that really influenced John Wimber. He was reading the Bible and he was seeing that this, that the life in the body of Christ was different to what he was experiencing. And then he read this theology and he went, ah. Oh, so there is a different way of seeing things. There's, a, there's another way to operate. Let's do that. Because I think that's good. And, and so... Really what it boils down to is that time, right? You can see it. we're progressing this way in our present evil age, but that the future, in a sense that that future heaven and earth is coming back to meet us and it's breaking in. And the place where it breaks in is in the cross, right, the first place. The, the, it's not actually the first place, but the 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 ultimate breaking in. Always, sorry, gonna have to the penultimate breaking in. Right, the thing before the finish is Jesus on the cross. It is the sacrifice. We sang about it, right, uh, in in that song by Anna. His work on the cross inaugurated and the 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 coming kingdom of God. it, it it, uh, it, it uh, I'm just trying to think of how to put this. It wrapped up one part of history and started a new thing. And in his work on the cross, Jesus, it says, it says in Scripture, he's the first fruits. Of the resurrection he's the firstborn of the new kingdom and he is the the the, the model and the the uh, the role model and the the head so he's the head of the church he's a, he's who we should follow he's the perfect representation of God so in his death and resurrection this new he the, the kingdom that that end kingdom, the new heavens and the new earth, breaks in and something new starts. And I, when I talked about uh, on, res- on Sunday, Easter Sunday, about resurrection and about restoration and about how in the garden, Jesus restores Mary and that harkens back to the fall in the garden where there's the, the, the breaking between Eve and God. And so there's a sense in which that new kingdom is restoring and renewing the world. And that will come. And that's moving towards this is is God's plan. He's moving towards this. He's got this redemptive goal in history. History is not random, it's not a set of random stuff happening. There is a plan at work God's divine plan. But it didn't stop there. Jesus breaks in in the kingdom breaks in throughout history and there are these lightning rod moments, there are these things that happen where the kingdom breaks in, where people are healed, where revelation comes, where, where people are saved. I remember um, having a conversation a long, long time ago with someone who uh, said that miracles don't happen today, that there will be a time in the future when miracles happen again but they don't happen today. And I mean, you were, uh, a, you're a Christian, right? He goes, yep. And I mean, you were saved. And he went, yep. Now, who saved you? Well, God. So that's a miracle. right? God broke in, took you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. If you can do that, and that's probably the greatest miracle of all. What else can you do? And if, 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 if he has reached into your life and saved you, what else can he do with you, through you, and for you? And we look in Scripture, a whole lot of stuff. I'm still kind of hanging out for teleporting, like Philip, you know, the, the, and, and he, he's in Jerusalem, and then, boom, he's over there with the, um, the Ethiopian on the road back to, I'm like, wow, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I, I, yeah. Be a great way to travel. Um, but better, hmm? better for the environment? Yeah, better for the environment. <laughs> Sustainable travel, teleporting in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but God can do so much more than we expect Him to. He can do so much more than our experience of Him. And I think one of the things about this particular view a way of understanding the work of God, is that God is sovereign. And I have prayed for people, and I've seen them healed. And I've prayed for people, and I have seen them not healed. And the thing is, the thing that helps me to grapple with that is that actually God absolutely will heal. It's his plan, right? He is going to restore and renew everything. It's really a question of timing. God will reveal his truth to us as we walk through life. Sometimes we get answers to prayer. Sometimes it feels like the prayer isn't answered. However, in the new heaven and the new earth, we will be restored. We will be healed. We will be renewed. We will be in our resurrected bodies. And there will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. We can pray for that Now we can pray for healing for people, we can pray for health, we can pray for wisdom, we can pray for for knowledge and prophecy. We can ask for those things to break in now. We can be the vessel, the conduit of God's spirit to do those things now. But if it doesn't happen now, it doesn't mean it won't happen. It may happen in this life or it may be in the next. So one of the things that I... Really struggle with is the idea that, um, and thankfully this is not something that has been my experience of vineyard churches, but it has been my experience in some in some other places, and you hear about it happening. Where if, if there's a prayer for someone, and the prayer isn't answered, then clearly there's something wrong with that person. They have a some thing in their life that they may not know about, some unconfessed sin, or something going on. Now that. Uh, I don't know how to I I can't think of a a way to put this but to me you're blaming this person for God's sovereign choice He is choosing and can be that there is time there are times when it's appropriate to counsel people in prayer to seek God and see if there are things that they need to confess and so forth but there's a difference between that and going you are somehow not loved by God while this thing is in your life. Because God loves us all, right? He loved me when there was lots of stuff in my life that he didn't like. And he still loves me even though there's still stuff in my life that he doesn't like. So there's this, but the, the, the idea that as he moves and he breaks in for his glory, these things will happen and our job is to faithfully seek him See what, try and see what he is doing and pray for that to happen. Jesus in his time didn't heal every person that could be healed. He chose, and there's a, the, the, when he heals the guy who was born blind, and the people say, This guy was born blind, why was he born blind? Was it his, his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus says, No, it was for God's glory that he was born blind and heals him. So, I think that we, you know, as his, as his church, we can, we can walk forward knowing that he's with us and we can seek him and we can pray and we can learn to listen for him, listen to his voice, listen and look to see what he's doing and pray into those things. And I can tell you now, sometimes it will, it will look like and it will feel like prayers aren't answered. And other times they will be and it will be amazing. But our job is to be faithful to Him and to walk the path He's called us to, uh, and you know, and 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 to really just seek Him and honour Him because He's good, and all things He He's doing. So, it, it, as as it says in Romans, right? All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. Right? That was your favourite verse, right? Um, and it's good. He 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 has used my suffering to make me. a to make me an agent of healing in the world, of hope for people. The things that I've struggled with, I've been able to speak hope into people's life for. And and he he will use all things in that grand redemptive plan for history. He is using it all. And he is working out his plan in us and through us. And our job is to trust him and walk with him and and honour him. Um, so, coming up—that's a. This, this really, in a minute, I want to wait on the Lord and see what He wants to do. But I just wanted to um, uh, foreshadow what's coming next. So next week, I think Zoe is talking about the gospel Jesus preached. I, I love this particular version of it from Mark because Mark is like the action gospel. No, just he just goes for it, right? And so. Here, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. Repent. Uh, The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus said it then, and it's just as true today. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. And when I think of that repentance, there is a repentance from um, sin in our lives, but I also think about how, and this is actually probably just another kind of sin, there's the repentance from believing that God won't do anything. I mean, I, I have um, had in my time, uh, since whenever it was in the 90s that I started coming here and before that when I became a Christian, I've, I've really doubted God, that God would do anything, God's goodness. I've never doubted that God existed and Jesus was real, but I have, I've had all sorts of doubts about what's going on. But kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So I've got it. One of the things I have to repent from is my doubts and walk forward into the kingdom. Or keep walking in the kingdom. Um, so Zoe's going to uh, talk about the gospel Jesus preached. Uh, I, I think then uh, James is going to be talking about kingdom of God theology in a more, um, slightly less scatterbrained version than you got today. And, um, and then think I'm going to be or someone's going to be talking about the practice of the kingdom of God so what do we actually do and how do we work this out in in, in our day to day in our church life and then in our life as followers of God and there are there are, there are some other possible things that we like um, suffering in the kingdom of God and kingdom of God theology and a few other topics that we've talked about that may come up we may not do all of these in like one after the other so Zoe's so definitely speaking next week, but I think James is still looking at the um the plan and, and what's coming out over the in the coming weeks and months. So they may be um, sort of in sequence but not in, in one go. But enough talk. God is here with us, right? He is present, he's always present with us. And I you know, and and he's he is here with healing and blessing in his heart for us. So what I'd like to do is if we can put some quiet music on it, if you'd all stand with me. Um, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray and we're going to wait on the Lord. Um, there might be a little bit of tumbleweed, but, you know, that's okay. The One of the things I encourage you to do is when we're waiting on the Lord, is listen for what He might be saying to you because He might have a word for you, for someone else that's here. And after a bit, I'm going to ask if anyone has uh, any words that might be for the body, and they can come up and and, and, and they can share them. And then uh, we'll, uh, if if people then feel those words are for them, then we can pray with those people. So, so now as we're waiting on the Lord. Uh, Still your heart and your mind and just ask him for what it is that he has for you or for this church. Lord God, we, we love you and we thank you for all that you've done for us. and We thank you that you are working out your plan now and, and through to the day that you return again. And I ask that you would speak. We, we open our ears to hear what you're saying. Open our eyes to see what what you're showing us. Now we wait on you, Holy Spirit.